podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Caballero. And today, I have the pleasure of being able to talk with Dr. Damon Friedman from Soft Missions, uh, what, I, what I personally believe is one of the few organizations that uh, really understand how to go about treating us, because we're a very hard patient. Uh, Dr. Damon, thank you so much for being here today. How are you this morning? Well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm really stoked to be on deck here today because what you're passionate about, I'm uber passionate about, right? We have how many like Americans out there that have signed on the bottom line, took that oath, put on that uniform and did the nation's bidding, right? And, and after through years of service, they're needing some type of help, right? And when they don't find it, they become hopeless. And when they become hopeless, they, they find themselves in real dire situations. So I'm really glad uh, that we have this podcast and we can promote the goodness that we're doing and really empowering other individual leaders out there to share the awesomeness of what SOF Missions is doing and particularly our main deliverable, our B Resilient Clinics here in Florida. So thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but you you said it right, right there. Um, I, I was in that boat. I was thinking I was doing fine, just cruising along on my career. And then the moment you seem to kind of like slow down. And I always say it's like a NASCAR uh, race. You're just constantly going around. Everything's burning, falling apart. And the moment you finally like slowly come in for a pit stop, you can't start the car back up. It's on fire. Everything's falling apart. And I realized, holy cow, I need a team. I need a team to get better. And I wasn't able to find that. And I didn't know what that treatment looked like. And I looked you guys up after trying to find more resources for my friends that weren't necessarily willing to take a full three month break. But if I could get them to just take five, maybe seven days off to go away from work to a treatment center that could address everything, they could get a jump start in the healing. And that's exactly what I've seen with the guys going to your program. Um, please tell us more about this because I feel it's the only place where a guy on a team can just be like, Hey, I need five days. Give me five days and yeah. let me start this journey. Yeah. You know, um, I think, uh, the best way to do this is, um, how it actually began because believe it or not, our, uh, be resilient clinics, uh, uh, direct reflection of the actual care that I personally have gone through. So when we sit down and we start parceling the different components, the psychological, the physical, the social, and the spiritual components, the different treatments and modalities. I have personally gone through it. And when I find something of excellence and I know that it's it, it works, I want to make sure that regardless of the cost, that we're able to be able to provide this uh, to our veteran community within um, our resiliency clinic. So <clears throat> a little bit about me. Um, I served 20 years in the military. I uh, started off in the Marine Corps. Uh, five and a half years. Uh, I started off uh, uh, as a commission officer. Last unit, I was uh, at Second Force Recon. Went through the recon indoctrination, and then um, and then through that process, uh, went to combat um, in 2001. And um, it was then that my life had changed. Um, I don't know what what year did you join the military? Was it before or after 2001? It was 2002. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> so you saw, you know, um, what we're dealing with. And so you said, I want a piece of that, right? I want to, uh, I'm a patriot. Yeah. Uh, I'm passionate about my country. 
I believe in freedom. I believe that the United States of America represents freedom. Um, I believe that we are uh, one of the few countries that fight against oppression uh, in the scale that, um, that we do. And so I really respect that. Uh, for me, when I joined uh, in 2000, um, I had no idea what was happening. Uh, and so 2001, when the uh, Twin Towers were attacked, our country was attacked. Um, it was definitely a paradigm shift because, you know, how I saw the military beforehand versus how um, I'm experiencing the military now. Um, you know, uh, we were at peacetime and now we're at war. So I was a part of the 2003 invasion. I deployed out to, uh, you know, Camp Fox and then Task Force Tara, uh, you know, invaded, went north. I was attached. I, I went all the way up through Safwan and then uh, to Al-Qut and then um, and then came back um, and then <clears throat> redeployed. And um, <clears throat> and then, um, um, you know, and that's the first time that I uh, realized um, that I was suffering the implications of war. OK, yeah. And that's the first time I stopped um, sleeping well. It's the first time I started dreaming about, uh, you know, having these nightmares. I was um, uh, having anxiety. I was experiencing symptoms of PTSD, but I didn't know. Um, then I crossed over. I got recruited into Air Force uh, Special Operations. And um, I went and became a special tactics officer, combat controller. And... Um, and then it's 15 years of uh, capture, kill missions, um, landing zone operations, uh, all, all those things. And um, it was definitely uh, quite a run, um, yeah, you know, multiple stop. deployments to <laughs> Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, and um, mission after mission, deployment after deployment. All of a sudden, PTSD uh, started rearing its ugly head, didn't know what it was, mild traumatic brain injury. I had no idea what was what it was all about. Uh, let alone PTSD much. Um, and then just dealing with chronic pain, insomnia, you couple all that up, you got moral injury and you're having these existentialistic crises. Like why, why is this happening? And then all of a sudden, you know, your brothers start shooting themselves and um, killing themselves, you know, um, in so many different ways and fashions. It became very emotional for me. And um, I'm a prior commander, a squadron commander, I retired out as the director of future operations in the Middle East in uh, Special Operations Command Central. Uh, so I've always I've had a leadership role for a long period of time, and I just felt as a leader I had to do something about it. And that was the birth of, you know, SOF missions. When um, I found myself at a culminating point where um, I was in a very dark place, and I almost became a statistic. But there were really amazing people that helped me get back on my feet. And through that process was about a year, year and a half, psychological, physical, social, and spiritual. And that was, you know, some incredible, um, um, incredible um, uh, care that I received. And that was the beginning of um, the inception of SOF missions. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, that, that's, it, it seems to me that what, what I've realized through my journey of getting better uh and going through that recovery process, when you actually start getting healthy, when you actually make that transition from, you know, I would say when you finally got some training wheels, you start realizing like, wow, I don't want to just be selfish. I want to start bringing assistance to my brothers, my sisters. Now that I know what healthy behavior looks like, what getting help looks like, 
I got to bring more people on board. And that's, yeah, that's the true, uh, definitive difference of, of what I've seen with our guys. We don't just want to take our, our newfound lease on life and just hold, hold on to it. We want to bring everybody along. And it just seems that's to right. me like we've, we're, we're so dedicated to taking care of each other that we have to put a, a, a highlight on that peer support on that, that bridge you build once you start yeah. getting help. It's all right, everybody follow me. And that's, yeah. uh, that's how I started this whole program. Once I started realizing um, how fast you can actually start the road to healing yeah. from addressing all those things. It's not just one yeah. thing. It's mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's, I always say, it's like, you don't go to war with just a nine mil. <laughs> you know, when you're on a team, you bring everything you can to that enemy. And that's how healing and going through recovery uh, needs to be. You take everything into account. And that's what I feel is missing from a lot of programs. Yeah. I, just I, I totally thing. agree. Well, I totally agree. Too. Yeah. You know, um, well, as you, as, as you heard earlier on about my own personal path, um, you know, everybody's trying to solve this suicide epidemic where over 20 veterans take their lives every single day and they're throwing all these uh, mental health or, or particularly, you know, talk therapy. I think it's really important that we talk, but it's the beginning. That's how we start the journey. That's, I, 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 I'm telling you right now that, you know, um, the, the suicide epidemic is a, an adaptive challenge. Uh, an adaptive challenge is it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a problem that we just don't really completely understand. We say we do. Um, and because we don't really uh, don't have a very clear solution for the epidemic, uh, we don't really have a, a clear uh, solution. So if we don't have a real clear understanding of the problem, we don't have a really clear understanding of the solution. And that's why the statistics remain relatively speaking the same. And, um, and so for us in our program, we realize that, you know, when we're sitting down at, you know, in a, at a table and you're having all of these um, subject matter experts and they're sharing their two cents. Um, what I realized is, is that there's not one thing that solves the problem. It's a collective. And, and what I want to do is kind of present kind of like my model. And that is, is humans are like houses and humans, when you walk into a house or better yet as operators, right? You want to clear the house. You want to secure the house. You go through every room and that's what we're not doing. We're not doing that. (laughs) The department of defense isn't doing it. The veterans affairs is trying to do it. You know, um, a lot of organizations are, are saying that they are. It's, 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 it's just unfortunate. So when you walk in, you breach in and you got your four-man team. You're not alone. Okay? You got your four-man team. You breach through. And then you hit the first room. It's a psychological room. Cleared. Put a chem light. It's on the ground. You go to the next one. You're going down the hallway because moving from one room to another is very dangerous in the hallway, right? When you're trying to find you know, the bad guy. Right. You're trying to find the problem. Right. Especially once you breach through that door and it, it becomes a very sensitive situation. Right. When all of a sudden that human yeah. beings opening up themselves and they're like, OK, let's begin. It's an emotional situation. And then so you clear the psychological room, then you clear the physical room, then you clear the social room, you clear the spiritual room, the cognitive room. And then after all the rooms are cleared, chem lights are there. And guess what, my friend? The house is secure. And so we want to secure homes. And that's how we do it with our program. So at SOF Missions, um, we believe that humans are made of uh, multiple domains. 
the psychological domain, the physical domain, the spiritual domain, the social domain. And now we're kind of parceling out from the physical domain, the cognitive domain. Uh, that way that, uh, you know, uh, uh, people understand that there's this body piece where you deal with chronic pain, neck, head, shoulder, knee, but then there's the brain and the brain is so complicated, bro, but it is so brilliant too, right? Like it, it, it's, it's an amazing, you know, uh, piece of equipment, right? The brain housing group, right? Um, and yep. so for us, uh, that's how we treat all of our warriors. So at SOF Missions, you know, uh, what we've decided is we wanted to have a niche, okay? And that niche is something that nobody else provides. So the way that we do it is, is we're really focused on uh, helping and empowering working professionals. And if you don't have a job, then this is easy. So you look at the Intrepid Centers, they're three weeks long for assessment, the NICO, three weeks long for assessment. And then in some programs, you can stay longer based off of your, your need. And so you could be there up to three months. I was at uh, Haley's Hospital. I was in the prep program. I was there as an inpatient for three months dealing with um, traumatic brain injury, PTSD, chronic pain, and insomnia. And um, man, I had no idea I was that broken. And you go, oh, you're not broken. Okay, well, you know... <laughs> I'm, I, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm an older car. Okay. I'm not a 2023, you know, a Ferrari. Okay. When you, when you purchase a, a, a 2023 Ferrari, you're expecting that, that bad boy or that bad girl, whatever you want to name it <laughs> to go 186 <laughs> miles an hour, maybe 200 plus. Hopefully you don't get pulled over. Uh, Cause that's going to be a big ticket and you're probably going to lose your car. But, um, but then when you're about, you, you take that Ferrari and you're racing it all over the world, man. And you're, you're, you're going through extreme speeds and sometimes you blow that engine because you do, right? Because you're trying to win every time. You know, after 20-something years of driving that car hard, I, that car ain't traveling 186 miles an hour. I don't care what you, what you say. And it needs a paint job. It needs new tires. It probably needs a whole new reconstruction of the engine, right? Like, I mean, there's just a lot yeah. of work that that Ferrari needs. And so uh, when we just sit there and go, well, we just need to put new tires, you know, we just need to, you know, replace just the engine. We just need to, you know, put, um, you know, paint on the car. That's what we're doing when it comes to the epidemic. And, and uh, you got to go bumper to bumper. So for us, we got a five-day intensive, starts on Thursday, finishes on Monday, right? And really the meat and potatoes is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we do a lot of integration on Thursday, intake, you know, really getting the, the boys and the girls settled. And then Monday is uh, out processing and out taking and where they get their discharge summary. So for five days, it's work, bro. And it's at yeah. a resort. <laughs> so, so check it out, man. Like, you know, like I, I was fighting, I was fighting, bro. I was fighting. I'm like, I'm not going to no hospital. But then when they told me that, Hey, listen, you're having symptoms of early onset of dementia, you know, because of all these TBIs and I have five registered TBIs. And oh, by the way, for all of you listeners out there, uh, the new signature injury of the war is not PTSD. It's mild traumatic brain injury, which is synonymous with concussions. So there's a lot of symptoms that really seem like PTSD, but the core issue is mild traumatic brain injury. And that's the reason, one of the reasons why it took me so long to actually get effective care because we were doing, we were doing, um, PTSD. We're doing chronic pain. We're doing insomnia, but we're not doing, you know, brain health. We're not dealing with the brain, which affects everything else. So with all that being said, um, you know, for us, you do this five day intensive and it's seven in the morning to seven in the evening. You're working hard. 
It's the Mayo Clinic model. You're seeing every healthcare professional. I've got 20 to 25 healthcare professionals. And every day we're talking about Joe and it's an interdisciplinary model. Hey, physical therapist, what did he say? Hey, psychologist, what did he say? Acupuncturist, what did he say? Uh, nutritionist, what did he say? Strength conditioning coach, what did he say? You know, it's like adaptive golf therapy. Yeah, baby, we do adaptive golf therapy. That's my <laughs> social reintegration tool, man. And I want to make sure that we talk about that a little bit later. I was like, tell me, before we get off Deal. the net, why adaptive golf therapy? I'm telling you, this is gold, baby. It's gold. And so we have all of these healthcare professionals, psychologists, social workers, physical therapists, cognitive therapists, you know, recreational therapists, social reintegration experts. You know, we have uh, chaplains on deck. We have um, spiritual mentors. We have uh, creative therapy. We have everything all under the sun. And so we have our men and women go through this whole thing, full spectrum care, and they're exposed to all of it for five days. And then they get their discharge summary. And here's the magic baby. They get all this care for one whole year for free, all of it. And we have uh, programs awesome. specifically for men and we have them for women. And they're, they're, they're both unique in their own way with the challenges that they dealt with. And people go, why aren't you integrating them? What's going on? I'm like, well, because a lot of our female clinics deal with military sexual trauma. Okay. And I'll tell you the majority of the females that go through our program, that's what they've gone through. And also their therapies are a little bit different as far as their desire. Um, you know, they'd rather do art. They'd rather do music. A lot of the guys go, I'd rather do golf. So why shove golf down the ladies' throats and why shove, you know, painting down the guy's throat? So it's more of like, we understand their interests. And so it's kind of concierge medicine. And we basically shape all the therapies, even the instructors and therapists that come in based off of the warriors. Okay. I'm going off the chain. I've been speaking for 10 minutes about the program and I haven't even like opened up the surface here. I'm passionate about, as you can see, you know, full spectrum oh, yeah. care is what we do. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's the type of people we need leading programs, passionate people. That's, that's the, the one thing I've realized you have uh, tons of programs out there and they're not going to be worth a damn if the people mm -hmm. that are in it are mm -hmm. passionate about what they do. I've been That's lucky. Right. I've been very fortunate where I've been to the treatment centers I've gone to because um, I hit rock bottom. I went oh, and actually I, I think I punched through rock bottom and really yeah. got into the the oblivion. <laughs> and the difference I found between centers, between hospitals is the care providers the people yeah. that are passionate about what they're doing. And that's what I realized. They weren't looking at me as a patient, as a mm -hmm. number. They were looking at me as Denny and they that's were right. invested. And, and that was, that was so surreal. I mean, yeah. look, looking back on my life where I've been, when somebody actually looked at me and said, I care about you. I want to mm -hmm. make sure you get through this because the rest of your life is going to be amazing. I guarantee yeah. you I'm here. I'm with you until you can see that. And that was, yeah unbelievable to me yeah and, and that's what we need we need care care providers doctors uh peer support professionals that really do care about the individual and what you guys are doing is you're treating the patient as the mission you know it's exactly like when we go into mission planning and we're looking yeah. at it and we're at 12 guys deep in this room looking at how do they can best solve that mission and get to yeah. success versus going into a, a doctor where they're like uh 
all right, look, man, yeah. I, I think it's just PTSD. We're going to treat it with pills. Get out of here. You're that's done. Right. No. Yeah. And that's something that I realized too. We're so quick to say it's PTSD versus saying that there is something legitimately wrong with yeah. your brain. Look at the concussions. Right. Look at, right. and, and that to me is not only infuriating, it's, it makes me wonder about the the soul of some of these individuals who yeah. are, are seeing us and yeah. willing to say that, like, never mind you have five concussions back to back. Never mind right. that. It's right. just PTSD. It's like, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so it's interesting because what we've realized is because we understand that humans are uh, – there's multiple domains of a human, right? The DOD and the VA, they, they both recognize that humans are mind, body, and soul, and they're uh, made to commune, right? Like that, you know, and, and they have their own verbiage, right? I think one uses mental health, the other one uses psych- psychological health. It's, you know, and uh, whenever there's a traumatic moment, we have to understand that that trauma doesn't just occur in the psychological domain. And when we start taking a step back and we're looking at this issue uh, from a macro level, you'll start seeing that, you know, that trauma is being processed, not just in the psychological domain, but in the physiological or cognitive domain, especially if there's been a concussion, right? And then also in the spiritual domain. And I, and, and I understand, I understand, you know, uh, this is not about religion, man. It's not. It's about when an individual is having an existentialistic crisis and, you know, you've been in a catastrophic uh, event and, you know, you lost a buddy, you banged your head, you witnessed it. And now you're sitting in front of your healthcare provider and you're like, why? Why did this happen? You're asking the psychologist. And then you're like, God, why will you allow this to happen? Okay. (laughs) Do you not understand? Like, Okay, so is he just talking in the open air, or is or is this individual really having, you know, uh, deep emotional, uh, in a deep emotional state, trying to find an answer? He's asking the psychologist, asking the creator, and oh, by the way, I'm I have I I, I have blurred vision. I have uh, I'm sensitive to light. I'm you know I'm uh, I'm having some anxiety. Those are cognitive brain TBI things. Right. Um, and then I'm having flashbacks of the event. I am ha- being very depressed about it. Right. And now that's, you know, in the PTSD confines, you know, um, flashbacks, scent, smell, you know, like I, I can remember the, you know, the, the gasoline or the gunpowder or whatever it may be. And then you're feeling guilt and shame. And, and, and there's that moral injury where you're just like, and it's deep and it's, and it's so, it's somewhere deep that you just can't really understand it and, and find. And so you're having trauma in multiple domains. And so if you yeah. throw one treatment and modality that addresses the psychological issues and you expect the cognitive challenges and the spiritual challenges to go away, this is the problem. This is the problem. And I also would say with complete respect We'll go into the faith-based arena, you know? So here on one side, you have 
the scientists that uh, focus specifically on the psychological domain, the mental health, right? And 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 don't include that TBI, that that brain health piece, right? In, in its true essence, the respect that it rightfully deserves, right? And a lot of times they don't because they're ignorant of it. it, it it's just true. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about the spiritual piece. You know, you have the church and you have these individuals that go through all this trauma. And, and so you're providing spiritual resiliency, which is extremely beneficial because they believe they have a, a relationship with the creator, you know, uh, and, 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 and they understand that component. But you have to also understand there's a reason why you have psychologists and they're properly trained. There's a reason why they go through years of, 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 of education. Okay. They understand these challenges and there's a process behind it. So I'm a real big believer in a multifaceted solution, right? A systematic Absolutely. approach that, and, and you know, you have all these organizations that go, you know, especially like recreational, which drives me crazy. It's like, oh, you know, you're going to go and you're, you're going to, you're going to uh, hunt and you're going to fish. And now you're cured of PTSD. Well, I'm not buying that. that and, and you know, you're going to get some people on the net. No, dude, I, I, I rode this horse and that equine therapy. And, and now it's solved PTSD. I'm like, I don't believe it, bro. But the reality is, is if you feel better right now, great. But when it rears this ugly head, you might want to just reevaluate, especially the stuff that we're talking about, that when you experience trauma, it's in multiple domains. And if you haven't received the appropriate treatment modality for each domain, you might want to reevaluate and reconnect and get that care. So that's oh, yeah. my two cents on processing trauma psychologically, phys physically, and spiritually. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen it. I've already seen uh, with some of my close friends, it's we want to say, I don't I don't want to talk to a doctor, but I'll go do this cool thing. Riding horses yeah. all day is cool. Uh, doing all these other things, going hunting, going fishing, it's all great things. Yeah. But you have to get in. You have to get in there and assess that real trauma. That's uh, right. It's it's the equivalent of you got a casualty. You look at them and say, well, ah, tourniquet, yeah. just throw the tourniquet at them and move on. <laughs> That's, That's right. not it. <laughs> That's not it. You got to get That's in right. there and, and right. assess the casualty from head to toe. Look at the person. And that's, you got to treat yourself and look at it and say, okay, I'm pretty messed up. Yeah. But I know where I can go get help. And I know that yeah. it's going to take multiple things. You're, you're not going to just look at somebody with a sucking chest wound and say, tourniquet, you're good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, so, something that you mentioned that I think is kind of important. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about the VA for a split second. And, um, you know, I, I'm not into bashing the VA. Uh, I know a lot of veterans, um, do, uh, of the 20 million veterans in America, 50% of them are not connected to the VA at all. I think, uh, in the 50% that are, I think 25, maybe 30% max actually use, um, the resources. Um, and so, um, I'm going to tell you that the VA does some things really well. And, and there are some things that we're asked the VA to do that, is um it, it's just it's monumental it's 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 just it's 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 monstrous it's it's so huge and sometimes they're just not able uh you know to to deliver it in a way um that they want to and they intend to so I, I'm not a big believer well, I'm gonna bash the VA because the VA actually has we we're partnered with the VA and what we do is is we look at the um the community uh the hospitals the resources that they that they can provide and we partner with them. Uh, and so what we do is we capitalize on their goodness, um, the advanced level cares where we have great relationships with some of the top notch 
healthcare professionals that are, have a niche, like a specific, yeah. that may in fact not be advantageous for us to possess within our clinics, like, you know, organically within that week, right? Um, I kind of already fired out, shotgunned a slew of the healthcare professionals that we have on deck. Um, you know, I'll, I can go down the list of the 20 to 25 healthcare professionals that are on deck, but there's things like, you know, that, that, um, you know, TBI experts specifically for ideology and, you know, and, uh, optometry, um, those things are, they're unique and it costs money. MRIs cost money. Uh, certain machines cost money and not every veteran needs it. So what we do is we figure out what 90% of the veterans do need. And that's what we possess organically in our clinics and everything else we farm out. Uh, because of our connections, we're allowed, uh, we're able to, to get the warriors to, that advanced level of care of those niche uh, niches. Um, and if it's not um, free uh, to them and there's a, a cost, uh, then we just provide that funding for it. So again, all this care is particularly for free for the veterans. I want to also say about environments. So you've got all these healthcare professionals at the VA, you know, they're passionate and, and a lot of them are not a prior veterans, you know, and so veterans will use that as an excuse. Well, they don't know what it's like. Well, when, when you've been yeah. serving in the VA for five or 10 years, I think, I think that person earned that worth. Okay. Well, I don't like the hospital. You know, it's, it, it's, it's too, it feels like a, like, like a prison or something. The smell. Okay. I, I, I give it to you. It, it, it doesn't look like, you know, five star hotel. I, I gotcha. And there is a particular smell to a hospital. I don't care what you say. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this, you know, the white coats and then all the formalities and the process and the, you know, bureaucracy and the whatever. So they'll come up with a hundred reasons why they won't go to the hospital. And, and, and you know why I know this because that was me. Until somebody says that you're on the road to dying, you're like, okay, well, maybe I should probably check in now. I think I'm, Absolutely. hey, wife, what do you think? Uh, kids, what do you think? Uh, future, what do you think? Uh, God, what do you, th yeah. Okay, so I think I might check myself in. So I do. And what I realized is, is that we can accomplish the majority of this in a setting, in a very serene environment, very welcoming environment. And that's why we chose kind of the resort-like, you know, uh, environments. Like you want to complain about being an inpatient? Yeah, you're staying in a condo zip it right you want to complain <laughs> about you know uh you know being confined you're at a resort we're going to be hanging out next to pools and 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 golf you know and we're going to be in you know conference centers where people do like you know high-end dinners i think we're going to be okay and you're going to have food that's going to taste absolutely delicious <laughs> i hate the food in the hospital well you're going to get resort like food so you'll be fine so what i did was i basically you know took every possible uh, you know, excuse off the table because at the end of the yeah. day, either you want help or you don't. And so we've got some incredible partners that helped us gain a tremendous amount of funding to help you, listener, viewer out there that signed on the bottom line that did the nation's video. We, we're here for you. Okay. No excuses, baby. And our staff, <laughs> we all have extensive combat experience. We've gone through hell and back. There's not one thing that anybody's ever dealt with that our staff doesn't have intimate familiarity of. All right. So yeah. we're here. We understand. We are in the trenches with you, baby. All right. And we're very passionate about empowering you to find your purpose and to be resilient. Absolutely. And, and you, you take away every excuse. That's, that's literally every excuse I've run into when I've tried talking to guys about, Hey, what's the possibility? What's the likelihood of you starting this journey to go to the treatment center? It's like, well, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know these people. They don't know me. They don't know what we do. It's like, well, actually, yeah. 
a lot of places do a lot. Of, and, and this is like the perfect place. If you have that, that hesitancy, if you're still dealing with that ambiguity of like, well, I don't feel like they're going to know me. I'm like, no, these guys understand you because they are us. They are exactly us. They've been there. And when you're in that type of environment with people that have overcome the same obstacles, now you see directly in front of you, like, okay, that's my future. I can get there. I can get to where these guys are at. Like that's like, nobody can complain with that. (laughs) When you offer that, everybody is going to want to go, which leads me to my next point. Why is it so hard to figure out and get and figure out that there's a program like this? Because even now, when I start talking and throwing out information to guys, like, hey, these are your options. You can go here. You can go there. They're like, everybody across the board is like, what? Eh, you're making this up. This is a made up place. This doesn't exist. Like, how, how is it so hidden? How are these resources still so hidden? So, you know, uh, I really appreciate you asking that question. Um, I, I've been uh, mentored by uh, some pretty incredible leaders. Uh, general officers. Uh, one in particular, his name is Major General uh, Norman Brozick, also known as the White Storm. He was the <laughs> vice commander of AFSOC, and I had the privilege of being his executive. He's filled with all of these like really cool sayings, you know, like less is best, you know, worse not better, yeah. you know, right place, <laughs> right time, right uniform, you know, stuff like that. And um, and when I when I um, retired, uh, I asked him to to kind of help men- continue to mentor me. And, um, he always said, uh, you know, FN. So my operating initials is Foxtrot November FN, right? So that was the name that was given to me when I joined the <laughs> air force special warfare community. Uh, and, um, and, uh, he said, watch out for catastrophic success. Well, what do you mean, boss? What are you talking about? It's like, just remember that more is not always better. Okay. Got it. Uh, so what we did was we really focused on refining our, our program because, Excellence is what we do. So there's three core values, right? Uh, one of them is the courage, the courage to not only um, finally admit that you need help, but to actually go get it. You know, uh, warriors will go to this uh, this process where they're like, okay, finally, everybody's telling you you got a drinking problem. You're destroying everything. You know, now your wife's leaving you and your kids hate you. They don't want to see you anymore. And you're drinking a bottle of whiskey a, a day, which is very common. Okay. Like a whole bottle of whiskey. Okay. Um, and so you're like, okay, everybody's telling me I have a problem. All right. Well, maybe after a couple of years, I'm going to, yeah, you're right. I do have a problem. So what you need help? Well, I want to get help phase two. So I know I need help. I want help. Okay. Where are you going to go? The hardest part brother is to go and actually do it. It's like, Oh, how can I run a marathon? Well, the secret to running a marathon is buying a good pair of shoes, putting them on, opening up the door and taking the first step out of the front door. That is literally the secret to starting to train for any race. You got to actually start getting out there. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so when they come, uh, so they come excellence, excess is everything that we do. We focus on one warrior at a time. So in a clinic, we have 10 warriors that come and we have 20 to 25 healthcare professionals. Why? Because we're going to solve a problem. I have found that there are warriors that go through, different systems, five years, 10 years later, they still haven't figured out what's wrong. They haven't figured out what's wrong. So how could it be? So now you have a whole system 
of hundreds of thousands, millions of veterans, and they still haven't figured out what's going wrong. And they're still going to the VA or they're still going to seek counseling and, and they still have the same problem and they yet to find a solution. Well, why, why mess with that? Why not just really dedicate your resources, time, money, and energy into one, one warrior? Solve the problem with the hope that at the end of the year, they would be empowered. They found their purpose. They're now re resilient, right? And now they're going to go out and help us. They're going to change the world for good. And they're going to help one veteran at a time. One. That's how you become a world changer, brother. People go, being a world changer is so huge. No, it's really not. It starts with helping one warrior at a time, one family at a time, one community at a time. Before you know it, you've ignited a movement. So, you know, so for us, we started building the process, excellence in all things that we do. And the program that we are doing is the Be Resilient Clinic. It took us a little bit of time and we realized what's the secret sauce. So now we know how to solve this problem. We have everything is evidence-based research. Our work has been uh, selected uh, by the University of Colorado. We were able, we presented an abstract. It was awesome by the founder of NICO, Dr. Kelly. He leads the Intrepid Center up there, uh, Marcus Institute. And, um, and now we've, we received several years of funding because of the efficacy of our program, two years with the leading psychiatrist in moral injury globally, Dr. Koenig at Duke University. It's awesome, dude. We're like crushing it. And so now we know <laughs> that we're doing it well. And because we yes. know that we're doing it well, now we're really propagating our message. We're promoting our programs. And this is the very beginning. The, the, uh, America should learn more about SOF missions and the incredible work that we're doing for our veterans. Because let me tell you something. When the warriors come here, we're pouring into them. We're pouring into them. Then it becomes their decision. Do I want to get better? Do I want to get back to where I used to be? Do I want to be the best version of myself? Because I can't do anything about the irreparable past. But man, I could do a lot about the invincible future, baby. Okay? And so now we know we're promoting it. Um, we are partners with the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, with the state of Florida. We're receiving some incredible funding now. And, um, and we're growing. And we're just, ex we're just increasing, replicating clinics. And we need people that are passionate, that want to help fund this. We're at, you know, uh, we're at 95% uh, programs, 5% administration. It's been like that. We've been in the 90s for the last, I don't know, six years, eight years. I, I, uh, years. We're really, really passionate about um, dedicating our resources, our monies, specifically into the veteran. Uh, and, and, and we've proven it. And now we have a really phenomenal program. And now we're promoting it. And we want to be the number one, the number one <laughs> nonprofit out there that provides holistic care and solving problems at Mach 1 speed, one warrior at a time. I mean, how cool would it be? I'd love to go on ESPN. ESPN, if you're out there, baby, come on now. Come on now. Help me with my veterans. Let's give me a 30-second promo. Come on, Fox News. Can you, give me a, can you give me a promo, baby? Can you CNN? Can you give me a promo, man? Come on, because- I got one even better. Something. Come on. I'm hey, going to hey, promote no, you no, on securityhubpodcast.com. Oh, go for it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we got on. you. Somebody We're up and coming. <laughs> we just started. I love we just it. started. We put a little bit of uh, rocket fuel into this rocket, and now it's just starting like. Yeah. You know, I, I heard going. a countdown. Like, oh, let's see how far we can go, baby. <laughs> and the thing, the thing that I love about it is I have – 
I've got brothers that have been there and I see the change and it's nothing less than absolutely phenomenal, like change. And it starts with, I can look back at the text messages of, oh man, I don't know. I, I, I got to find something. I need something. And I offer all, all these resources, all this help. And it's like, ah, I can't take that much time off. I can't take that much time off. And then finally it's like, all right, I'm going to go do this SOF missions thing. And I'm like, okay, fingers crossed. And the, the very first message I get after they're done is I'm changed. My life is changed. Like this is, uh, and it's no longer the dread and despair. It's the hope now. It's the happiness. It's like, I know what I got to do. I finally have a way out of this. And it's like, holy shit. Exactly <laughs> yeah. what you just said. This is rocket yeah. fuel straight for the soul yeah. of the warrior. This It yeah. gets them back in the fight, but not in a way where it's like everything I have to focus on is outside. No, it's back to, I'm in the fight for me, my wife, my kids. And that's like, holy shit, finally. Because it's always the guys that are just so passionate about pouring so much into the team that get, so far gone and it's just like they just keep pushing and pushing it's like no dude five days you can do five days and that's the that's the perfect timing that's the perfect like if you can sell somebody on five to seven days and it's a really good program you're going to change lives and that's what you guys are doing and yeah. i've seen it in my organization and i just want more guys to see that that's uh, right because it's an easy sell it's an easy sell to somebody that's so far gone they're like Oh, all right. I can do seven. I can do five to seven days. And as soon as they're there, the change happens. <laughs> it's a very dramatic and, and amazing shift that goes on. And they just have to keep going once they get back. And they see that difference. The wife see this, sees the difference, the kids, the best friends. And then it's now the other guy's like, oh, maybe I should look into this. Maybe I should look into this. So if you're listening right now, I am telling you, you need to go to the website or Go to our podcast website, check out, because we're dropping this information on there, because this is going to change your life. You've spent so much time taking care of us as a nation, taking care of your team, taking care of the regiment. Pour some of that love and affection into your own life, into your own family, and get better. The journey starts today. As soon as I post this, I am telling you guys, girls are listening, I am challenging you, just go check out the website. Go to soft, it's soft, uh, softmissions.com, right? That's right, sofmissions.org. .org, sofmissions.org, right. and check out. Look at the program. And if you want a testimonial, email us. I will put you in touch with somebody that's gone to the program and can tell you intimate details about it. It's going to change your life for the better. And before we go, you got to tell me about this golf. You got to tell me about the golf uh, <laughs> program you got. <laughs> well, so, so okay uh here's a story so i'm at haley's hospital and of course they're they're making us try all sorts of different things man all right like uh all, all sorts of recreational therapies to help us kind of socially reintegrate and i'm as guilty as many other veterans where i like to isolate i just you get to yep. this point where you just don't like people okay <laughs> like you know it's like i can't you know and, and it's terrible because i'm a professional speaker um, you know, and, and, uh, I do love the opportunity to really share my passion. Um, but it comes with a lot of different aspects that I'm not really fond of. Right. So, um, if you want to empower people with a powerful message, you have to deliver it. And so there's stages that you have to go to. Right. So, um, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of hanging out with people, but I am a big fan of hanging out with people that do, do meaningful things in their lives. Um, you know, and so, 
but when I was at Haley's Hospital, they're making me like try all sorts of stuff, and I was fighting half of it. And I remember the day like, all right, today's Friday. We're going to be doing our new rec therapy. We're going to be doing you know golf. I'm like, I'm, I- I've I've never been good at golf. I've never liked golf. I suck at golf. I hate playing golf. Just saying golf is getting me pissed. Okay. <laughs> so, so I, remember, I remember my rec therapist and she's like, listen, you have to go. I'm like, why? Why do I have to go? It's like, you can't be in this program unless you try everything. So I'm like, it's one thing if you're making me do this cognitive processing therapy. Like, I understand. I, I don't like doing that either, but I'm doing it. Right. Now you're going to force me to do golf. Come on, man. He's like, can you just trust to process? Man, so I go out there, I meet this incredible coach, adaptive golf therapist. His name is Coach Bob. And man, I'll tell you, he's just like, all right, let me see you swing. Okay, let me see you swing. And so I, I swung, and of course, I missed the ball like most of us because we're like, Aah! it's like four, <laughs> right? We're going to crush this little white ball and have it explode. And it's going to go 500 yards. No, it, it, it doesn't go anywhere, okay? And, and if you did somehow make a connection, it went five. Five yards, okay? And you probably hit the person next to you. Um, so he started working on it. He made a few tweaks. And literally, dude, literally like in five minutes, I'm, I'm making contact with the ball. In about 15 minutes, the ball's going to, you know, 100 yards. In about 30 minutes, it's going 200 yards. I'm like, who are you? I don't know who you are, but this felt exhilarating. It was amazing. He goes, well, come on back out. So I started falling in love with um, golf and and through the process, there's therapy behind it. And let me just kind of break this down uh, for you. We as men love to use the driver on every problem set in our lives. Every, everything. Uh, uh, arguments that we have with our families or our spouses, uh, the way that we interact with other people, strangers at the grocery store that cut in line, right? Like, you know, with our kids. Okay. And the problem is, is that not every problem, every obstacle, every challenge requires a driver. So what I love about golf is, is that when it's time to use the driver, you hit that ball. But then when the ball gets into the sand, the driver doesn't really work. You're, you're hammering a lot, but the ball ain't going anywhere. And if you take it to the, <laughs> when it's time to go ahead and hit it in that little hole up at the tee, in the green, the driver's not so good. And so you ha- there's a reason why there's a sand wedge, baby. And there's a reason why there's a putter, baby. And there's a reason, and there's a way that you swing it. And there's, there's a certain velocity and energy and finesse required for each of these, you know, um, you know, for, for, for each tool in the bag. And so what I learned is, is that that's life. And, and, and when I start talking about golf with our, our brothers and some ladies, okay, because they're like, Hey, don't you ever exclude me from golf again, or I will I will throw a punch you. I'm like, no problem. Okay. Um, and uh is it you have to figure out uh which club is the appropriate club to use in the current circumstance and obstacle in your life. Because sometimes we just forget that we have the putter and we need the putter and we need to stop using the the driver. When you start coinciding your psychological therapy with your recreational therapy, it almost becomes spiritual, right? Now I'm praying, Lord. I yeah. could get this 20 yarder. I do psychological this. therapy, recreational therapy. I'm socially being reintegrated with everybody else. And now I'm praying, baby. Okay. And there's something about getting that 20 yarder, or that 30 yarder, because when it goes in, there's something that happens in the brain, right? All these endorphins kick in. Now I've got psychological, physical, social, spiritual, all crushing it right now with some golf. So I say all that because 
you know, sometimes we just have to find, you know, uh, something that really uh, provides that self-care and uh, yes. helps you uh, press the reset button. When I'm having a bad day, there are two things I do. I either go and do some CrossFit where I do a, a long run or I'll go and do a little bit of golf. So that's my golf story, my friend. To all of you out there, there is hope. So if you come to SOF Missions and you know, and, and you know you suck at golf, I can help you with that because we have the best in the business, and that's Coach Bob. I'm giving you a shout out there, my brother. <laughs> that's so awesome, man. That, that is a perfect story. Uh yeah. again, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, your program's doing nothing short than uh miracles. Um for everybody out there that's been through exactly what we've been through. Um, you yeah. are a beacon of hope. Uh, I can only hope that more people listen to this and find their way to your program. Um, yeah. Before we go, is there anything else that you want to say? Is there any uh, books that you guys are working on or any other way that we can find you? Uh, any Anything else out there to help promote you guys? Yeah, you know, um, I would love to. I'm going to have my team grab uh, my Igniting Movements book that I want to uh, kind of share real quick. Um, but before um, I I, um, I share that, I wanted to talk to your your audience, your viewers out there, your listeners, okay? This is very, very, very important. Okay, hear what I have to say. Um, if you lasted this long on the podcast, hopefully I didn't put you to sleep. I, I rarely put anybody to sleep, okay? Um, but I'm serious. If 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 you need help, man, you know, just come to SOF Missions. Give us a sh give us a chance. Give us a shot. All right. I don't care if you're special operations or your supply, like your pilot or logistics or security forces or acquisitions. I I don't care, man. I, I really don't. Uh, I know that there's a God in heaven that loves you, cares about you, and and you're destined to do something incredible in this world. Uh, I really believe it. Seven point what nine billion people now in the whole world, and I believe that each and every person was created uniquely and has a gift that I like to call a superpower. And you know what? Only one percent, only one percent, sign on that bottom line, and you're one of them. Okay. And if you're struggling, if you're struggling, then come to SOFMissions.org and give us a shot. Okay. We have clinics. We have coordinated care. Collaborative care, like, you know, what are you struggling with? Let us see if we can help you, man. Um, I've been there and I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for all these people that loved on me, cared for me, I wouldn't be here, man. I just wouldn't. And you know what? There are a lot of people that do love and care about you and you may not know any of them. Uh, why do I say that? I have warriors ago. My wife doesn't love me anymore. My mom and dad, they don't love me anymore. I'm like, they love you. Like, no, you don't understand. I burned every bridge, right? And so maybe it's possible that that's true. Maybe, maybe that's true. But you know what? There's a God in heaven that loves you. And there's an SOF missions family that understands, um, you know, what it's like to be in a destructive position, you know, destroying everything that's good in your life. And you feel like you wake up one day, you have nothing. It's not true at all. You could start and you can start with us. And, um, and there's a whole new opportunity and there are other people that need to hear your message of redemption, of reconciliation through all the stuff you've ever gone through. So I say this message for you and for those out there that are family members that are struggling because you have a veteran that is going through this self-destructive process. There is hope, my friend. Find out more about our program. Communicate it with your loved one and just give it a shot. 
Don't feel hopeless, man, because hope is a powerful, powerful thing. If you have hope, there's nothing you cannot not do, my friend. Okay, uh, so that's the message to everyone out there. SOFmissions.org. If you want to go straight to the clinic page, it's SOFmissions.org forward slash clinic. And all you do is press this little button called apply. And then my case manager will reach out to you. I've got the best in the business. I'm telling you, man, I got an incredible staff and we're going to love on you. Just give us a chance. And um, last but not least, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Igniting Moments is my book. Um, and uh, I wrote this book from a heart of a veteran, man. I believe that the one percenters were called to do incredible things in this world. And this right here is a study of all the nonprofit leaders, movements that literally change and transform the world, baby. Okay. And so this is a book, United Movements by myself, comes from my dissertation, from my doctorate work, extracted all evidence-based research. Check it out. Okay. This is what I like to give to my warriors. They're like, okay, I'm ready to lead a movement, man. And here's the deal. Why I'm saying that is because when you get done with our program after the year, I'm challenging you. All right, now that you're feeling better, what are you going to do? Um, I don't care if you're the best real estate agent in the world, and I don't care if you make all the millions of dollars in the world. I really don't. I don't care if you're the number one CEO and top Fortune 5. I don't care. What I care is what you're going to do those, with those resources to make the world a better place. I care about you becoming a no-joke world changer where you ignite a movement and you become an unstoppable force for good. This is what I want for you. This is what I believe that the creator of the universe wants for you. You have a movement waiting. And all you got to do is get better and then remember who you were in the military. Because last time I checked, you were part of an unstoppable force. Okay? And so now that you're out, find out what that mission is. There's veteran suicide. There's homelessness. There's uh, women battered. There's children without you know, uh, homes, foster kids. There's a whole world dying of, you know, not enough water. I mean, come on, pick your, pick your mission, baby. Come on. You've got the skill set. Go on, change Absolutely. the world for good and be an unstoppable force for good. So that's my book. So uh, I really appreciate having the opportunity to be on deck with you. Um, I really appreciate this podcast and, uh, and I look forward to more in the future. There's a lot more where this is coming from. And I thank you very much for allowing us to talk about sofmissions.org and my book, Igniting Movements, that you can get on Amazon and all the other places, or you just go to damonfriedman.com and learn more about uh, the work that we're doing, spreading the goodness about being an unstoppable force for good as world changers, okay? Absolutely. We're going to hang it on the on our website as well. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, again, we are honored to have you. And if you need anything from us, Security Halt's there for you, and we'll continue uh, highlighting your uh, your program and everything you guys do. Um, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for our audience out there. Thank you for tuning in and I uh, hope you have a great day. And remember, uh, you're not alone in this fight. We get through this together till next time. <laughs>